Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our third entry in our Hannibal Lecter retrospective series. Uh, If you're joining us today, you are listening to our review for It's Just Titled Hannibal, and it, it was released February 9th, 2001, 10 years after The Silence of the Lambs. This film is directed by Ridley Scott, written by David Mamet and Stephen Zalen. And of course, it is based off of the novel by Thomas Harris. This film stars Anthony Hopkins returning as Hannibal Lecter. Julianne Moore has replaced Jodie Foster. There we go. Jodie Foster. Forgot the name for a second. Julianne Moore has replaced Jodie Foster, and we get Gary Oldman in this film. You wouldn't know it if you didn't look at the credits. And we also get Ray Liotta, who probably is most famous from Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. And the music is done by the famous Hans Zimmer. Ah, yes. Yeah. Back when he was beginning his career. Well, you know what? We I never got to show you that movie Days of Thunder with Tom Cruise. It had a yeah. Robert Duvall. I think it was a Ron Howard film. Hans Zimmer did the score. The film is cheesy and bad. And I'm like, Hans Zimmer, you are like a genius now, man. You just <laughs> It took him a while to hone his craft. Yeah, it did. Now he's like doing every film. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, now he's done. Yeah, the I'm pretty sure he did the Dark Knight trilogy. Basically, every... Every superhero movie that's not Marvel, he's done music for. <laughs> he's he's very very well. He does a great job at his craft. I I can't. Oh, yeah. I didn't even not even paying attention to the music in this. Yeah, so, it, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Honestly, um, I forgot there even was music at one point because it's just so forgetful. Yeah, I hate sadly. Saying that because Hans Zimmer is great, but whatever. Sadly, so. Yeah. In this film, I mean, Ridley Scott, I'm a huge fan of Ridley Scott. He has done just some incredible work. Gladiator is one of my favorite films of all time. It's a Best Picture winner. Gladiator, Alien, Aliens. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Alien. He has done some incredible films. Man on Fire. Well, that was his brother. But Prometheus, I'm actually a big fan of Prometheus. I know some people had issues with it, but I really enjoyed that film. So, and yeah, we, if you're going to go off the previous film, you would think the sequel would be pretty promising. We're not jumping into it just yet, but just saying with a director with such a high caliber as Ridley Scott, based off a of Thomas Harris novel, starring Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, these people have won Oscars and been nominated, uh, music by Hans Zimmer. You think it's a, a recipe for greatness and oh, yeah. you think it's just going to be like, dang, if we enjoyed the last one. This one could be better. I'm just saying. I mean, audiences had been on a 10-year hiatus from seeing Hannibal Lecter, which is crazy. That's a long time. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much insane how long it took them to pump out a sequel for this, considering how big the last one was. Yeah. The last one won like at least five Oscars in all the major categories. It was yeah. massive. It is shocking how long it took for them to get a sequel out there this film has a budget of 87 million hmm. at the domestic box office it grossed 165 million it did not double its budget right for foreign 186 worldwide 351 so so not 
Not too bad returns not when it comes bad. to worldwide. Yeah. And it did have a pretty large opening weekend, though. It it was opening weekend number one at the box office for $58 million. Ooh, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all, especially for 2001. And like we said, we can understand why audiences were ready to get back in the theater. But you know what's kind of... I don't know. This I think this says something. I don't know what it says, but it says something. Number two <laughs> at the box office was The Wedding Planner. Huh. So, yeah, hmm. Some, something's going on there. This is actually the highest grossing in the series without inflation. If you adjust for inflation, this is not the highest grossing. Right. But And that's normally how it goes, it seems like, with sequels, especially if the first one was just crazy awesome, you know, then everybody's jumping back into the theater to go see the right. sequel. Like we saw with First Blood was fantastic. First Blood Part 2 grossed way more money. I mean, it was massive. Yeah, it was huge. And then first and then Part 3 did bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's 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 just kind of how things go. So, yeah. I'm okay. I'm 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 reserving what I'm going to say for We're both so <laughs> anxious to get into this film. <laughs> just a little quick trivia before we jump in. You may be wondering why this has so many different uh, stars and directors and screenwriters the director of silence of the lambs demi he didn't want to come back foster huh. didn't want to come back and screen and the screenwriter of silence of the lambs tally they all refused to come back wow isn't that interesting i think they That's... like saw a rough draft of the script or kind of knew about it and i don't know and i maybe it's a good thing like some things you just shouldn't either remake or make sequels to right exactly it, it just ruins it. Like, you just have something I'm so I'm looking cool. at you, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh. <laughs> Still going. Still going, or those pirates. Cars 2, or Cars in the first place. Yeah, I think I made it five minutes into Cars 2. <laughs> oh, God. So. I actually went to the theater for that one. Oh, yikes. I mean, I didn't pay for the ticket. Oh, uncle, okay, so. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, Hopkins actually pushed for or Julianne Moore to be ca cast as Starling in this. And we'll, we'll talk about her, but yeah, I think she was a, she looks pretty similar to Jodie Foster and has her hair color man mannerisms. Different, which kind of threw me off though. Yeah, haircut is different. And I was like, well, I guess people dye their hair completely different colors, <laughs> but. <laughs> right. Or, you know, straighten it or whatever, but it's whatever. Yeah. Well, just a forewarning, all of you listeners, I pretty much forget to give this warning every single time we review because <laughs> i just assume like the runtime of the podcast is clearly evident that if we're going to be discussing a movie for an hour and a half to longer we're clearly going to get into spoiler territory or like our last one that was two hours and 42 minutes uncut yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so clearly we're we're going to be getting into spoilers i want to say that right up front though just in case somebody stumbles onto this podcast they don't they don't, they've never listened to us before. They don't look at the runtime. They haven't read the description. I, I pretty much put that it's a spoiler podcast in the description. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Hannibal and if you haven't seen Silence of the Lambs, I don't know if we'll spoil any of that in this or any anything. I don't know. But yeah. I'm just saying if you haven't seen any of the Lecter films, especially if you haven't seen Hannibal and you really want to see them before you get some plot elements spoiled, go ahead and stop the podcast right now. Go check out the film and return to the podcast at this point. Yeah. But I'm ready to get into it. Let's go. And I'm not going to give a plot summary 
because I won't be here for What's long. the use? What's the point? <laughs> this, this movie is dang long also. Yeah, it's a little bit longer than Silence... No, than Manhunter by like 10 minutes. But oh gosh, you feel it. Manhunter is... I, I felt I felt Manhunter was quite slow. And then if Manhunter I felt was slow, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I'm remembering correctly, this film is at least two and a half hours. No, it's two hours and eleven. Two yeah, eleven. Yeah, I would say two hours and eleven minutes. So okay. I think it's I think pretty sure Manhunter was about two hours. So this is about ten minutes longer or so. Well, it doesn't feel like it. I just remember mm-hmm. this movie being like because there's it's odd because some movies that aren't particularly long they just feel super long you know yeah like like yeah. i could sit through the dark knight and the dark knight rises which are just like i don't know 15 minutes shy of three hours almost oh yeah especially rises that's two hours and almost 45 minutes yeah sure. but I, I i can sit in that way more than i can could sit through this so Part of it is due to pacing because those are action movies. I guess that's true. These are dramas. <laughs> yeah. Well, this I I guess this is this thinks it's an action movie to begin with. Yeah. We get this really weird opening of Mr. Verger and the black man, and they're in this weird mansion, and it kind of like I don't know, like telescopes in onto the scene, if I remember correctly. This is Gary Oldman right here. I had no idea. Honestly, I never would have guessed that was Gary Oldman until my roommate pointed it out. He's like, hey, is that Gary Oldman? Because we saw him in the credits for on IMDb. And oh. I'm like, oh, maybe it is. That's incredible. He put put two and two together because I sure didn't. Yeah. And... I mean, it wasn't until later when he, we pointed yeah. it out. Because at first we're like, what the crap is going on? Well, have you seen Tropic Thunder? No. Okay, Tom Cruise is in Tropic Thunder. I had no idea until like the closing credits and I'm like, yeah. oh, well, that's closing shot. That's Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> they just look so different. It's weird. Yeah. But, um apparently if this information is correct, Gary Oldman before like he knew his character was deformed, he wanted to be like on the front cover with like Hannibal huh. and Clarice. And they're like, no, you're no, you're going to turn audiences off. You look so bad. Yeah. And then so he's like, fine, I'm not going to be in the movie. And so the next day he comes back and he says, "Okay, I'll be in the movie, but nobody can know it's me. Gosh, (laughs) I thought that was funny. Well, I mean, they put his name in the credits, so he's somewhere in this movie. Yeah, it, it is shocking. And he looks disgusting. I hate looking at him. He looks like a puppet. (laughs) <laughs> honestly when it first had like a close-up on his face i was like that looks like a puppet don't you think he looks disgusting oh yeah nobody yeah. could love him <laughs> nobody could love him no oh and just to preface this real quick i have seen this movie all the way through before i have not i this was the very first hannibal lecter film i saw you've seen the poster right with the yeah. scary lecter face it's a scary poster it is. It's pretty freaky. So you expect expect a scary dark film, and I thought it was going to be awesome and dark and scary. <laughs> so you can imagine because I had heard about Silence of the Lambs growing up, like oh my gosh, it's so dark, it's so horrible, it's so upsetting. And I thought, okay, well maybe maybe Hannibal's different. Maybe I can watch Hannibal. And I was at a friend's house and we watched it, and I was like, what the heck? This is. <laughs> so then it, it actually dampened my mood for Silence of the Lambs because I expected, I'm like, 
all right, well, Silence of the Lambs is probably garbage. Also, yeah. you know, I'm tipping my hand a little early here in the podcast. But <laughs> I mean, I guess at this point, is is not very obvious that we weren't very big fans of this one. Now we were like just so anxious to get into it and whatever, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I have seen this all the way through. I don't remember a whole lot of the latter half. I do remember the very end. So back to Verger, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we, we got some weird opening credits that are I think are freaky, and they remind me of the Ring video. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've fast-forwarded through them. I watched them. There wasn't really anything special. It just gives all the important people's names, like Hans Zimmer and Gary Oldman and Ridley Scott and everyone we just mentioned before. So Yeah, they're kind of long, kind of felt like a waste of time. I didn't really yeah. care. And honestly, just to preface this also for the listeners, I watched Manhunter. And I still had some time left, so I popped Hannibal in. And I don't really think it influenced my watching because I really did give this film a try. Same. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, and I even put here in the notes, I am going in with an open mind about Julianne Moore. She yeah. is a different actress than Jodie Foster. They're different acting styles. And I have seen Julianne Moore in a few other films before. I think the. I mean, yeah, she's a big name, anyways. She is. She is a big name, and she's become even bigger after this film. But I think the one that sticks out in my mind is Jurassic Park Two. What's that? The Lost World. Yes, she's in that. She's the girlfriend. I don't watch Julianne Moore movies. I don't. I really don't. So I've seen her in this and the Lost World, and maybe something else, and I don't care. Julianne Moore. I wrote in my note. She is Miss Tough. Oh, yeah. She is just like, I'm not taking any more crap from you men. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. After busting, you know, Buffalo Bill in the last movie, she must have gotten all the respect. Yeah, well, she was kind of, well, she was a trainee when she busted Buffalo Bill, and she was pretty nervous. Now yeah. she's just... Ain't taking nothing from no one, no man. No man is going to shut me down. <laughs> So, and honest, and right off the bat, I'm like, she looks and feels completely different from oh, yeah. the character. It's it's not even like, which I don't really like when they do this in movies, especially when there's recasting, which thankfully doesn't happen often. Because I feel like, honestly, Julianne Moore's kind of ignoring the source material. And she's just like, I didn't even, she, I can imagine her being like, I didn't even watch Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs. I'm just uh, doing my own thing. Right, right. I didn't like her at first, and even my notes, I said, no, Julian, you're not Agent Starling, you know? Yeah. I was just like, I don't know about this, because, okay, part of it is, it's a new actor, right? Yeah. So they're going to have a different, probably going to have a different take on the character as it is. But at the same time, now it's been a number of years since Sons of the Lamb, so obviously the character's changed, you know? And being that it's a new actor... And it's been a few years, and the characters changed. While we haven't seen the change, it's a bit of a, a bit of a change for us as an audience. If you like the last one, I at first I didn't like it, but I started to dig her a bit more as the film went on. But definitely, Jodie Foster did a better job. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And for the audience, it is a it's a jolt because you're it's com- it's a completely different character. At least that's oh, yeah. how I feel. And it's it's very odd. I'm like, this does not feel like. Silence of the Lambs. And I'm not saying it has to feel like it per se, but I would at least like it to feel like a sequel, if that makes sense. It's very different from the last two. Yeah, because I would say that 
because um, first we got Manhunter and then we got Silence of the Lambs. And I would say Silence of the Lambs feels a little more closer in tone and style to Manhunter. But this honestly feels like in the beginning, it feels like a generic CSI crime thriller. Yeah, very much so. And I, I'm like, this does not feel like a sequel. And I'm like, so why is this crazy gang violence opening in this movie? What? I This is not... The Lecter trilogy is about psychological thriller, not shoot 'em up gang violence. Yeah, this action movie. This these opening scenes, they just don't connect at all. To what the even in, in later in the movie, they don't connect at all. You know, they're just there yeah. to introduce us some, some to some characters. I don't know why, but and then at this opening scene, ah, oh, just ah, oh, it it doesn't feel like a Hannibal Lecter film. No, no, it doesn't at all. And I feel like that's partly Ridley Scott's fault because there, he's, I don't think he's respecting the source material like the last two did. Right. Which is dumb because I really like Ridley Scott. He's a good director, but he what is. Is, what's he doing here? I don't, it's, it's so weird. Well, we both have respect for Ridley Scott as a director. Absolutely. And that is why when I watched it, I was shocked. I was too. I don't know what went wrong. He must have been having a bad year. Something. This just lots of things that don't connect, that don't feel like a sequel, that don't work. So, I mean, I guess really, honestly, the only way maybe you could enjoy this movie is if you pretend like Silence of the Lambs doesn't exist and that you've never seen it. Or if you've never seen it. Right. And But even then, you're going to be a little confused because the movie kind of explains a couple of things in the last movie. But you need to see the last right. movie to fully understand what's going on in the beginning yeah and especially their relationship because we as we stated we talked for over two and a half hours about the deep complex relationship between the two 90 percent of that podcast was about starling and lecter yeah we really got into their relationship whereas this one you probably wouldn't understand the relationship and what's going on but i don't know it's it's really not as captivating no as the last it's, one it's not and I said it feels like a, a total betrayal. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. It, I don't feel like they understand what made the last one so special. No, they didn't. There's a certain tone, at least the last two movies have had. This one just is completely absent. It tries. I'll give it that. It tries. Yeah. But it's like it's reserved. It's like it's trying to play things safe, which is bad because the last two, especially the Signs of the Lambs, have been very controversial with their content. And this one's like trying to pull it back a little bit. It's like, well, I'm a different director with a completely different cast, so I had to be careful what I put in this movie, and I feel like that went against him. But then the other problem is, because we'll get into it here in just a second, yeah. but they talk about, especially with Hannibal and Verger's character, and they have that really gross flashback that I don't want to talk about just yeah. yet. And then it was almost like, they're tipping their hand too early and they're showing too much for like the new 2000 generation where silence really didn't show that much right like if anything in manhunter the last two they didn't show much at all they kind of just left it like they explained something but they left it up to the viewer's yeah. imagination until it was the right time yeah. to show it you know if they and this shows the stuff and it just kind of is like you're not leaving up anything to our imagination. It's scarier if you leave it up to our imagination. Yeah. This film's already off to a bad start. We're only like two minutes it really in. Is. <laughs> it really is off to a bad start. And I was so disappointed because I was really trying to go in with an open mind. And I thought I was younger. 
maybe I didn't appreciate it as much. Now that I really, really appreciate Silence of the Lambs, maybe I just missed something. I really wanted to go with an open mind and really try and dissect this film and what was going on. And it really threw me off. It really put me in a sour mood. This like generic CSI crime, shoot 'em up action film. Right. You know what? And I'm not saying changing the tone is bad because speaking of another Ridley Scott movie, the first Alien is more of a psychological horror thriller film. James Cameron came in and changed Aliens to more of an action film. Right. And they're both fantastic right but see with alien and aliens it makes sense why they need to change the the genre i don't feel like it'd be as scary if you had all of these aliens in this one place you know and you're trying mm-hmm. to kill them all it would be a lot more suspenseful and rememberable if you had the a more of an action side so at least those two films understand and like they make they give a reason why they change genres between the two films this yeah. one's trying to keep that same tone from the last two but it doesn't know how to do it. it. It really doesn't. And it's sad because this, a sequel to Sounds of the Lambs, I feel could could work. It could. I think it would have worked if the same people came back. The director, the writer, right. the uh, actors and actresses. They completely threw every, everyone, nobody came yeah. back. So you're coming in with all new people. And with new people, it's really, really hard to replicate somebody else's work. And not even replicate it per se because you want to create your own new piece of work. Right. But at the same time, you want to be respectful to what's come before you. They might as well have called this something else. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't have been as frustrated. I probably still wouldn't have liked it anymore. But I probably wouldn't have been this soured and disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 100% with you on that one. And I put in my notes, just like you you just said, I said, honestly, this is not a strong nor promising opening. Yeah, it's... Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, and we get and then we get into, like, this board boardroom <sighs> yeah. investigation. And I thought, this is really overly dramatic. Yeah, one of the things I put in my notes is... This movie thinks it knows its audience, and this becomes a lot more evident as we get farther into the film. The film thinks it knows its audience, but it really doesn't, and that really goes against the film. I thought it was funny when, in the boardroom investigation, when they're like, I shot and killed a mother with a baby. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, everyone's everyone's like, oh, you shot and killed her, how dare you? And that slow motion when she did was really bad, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, Ooh. and that's you. That slow motion is used more than once too in the film, and it's bad. Okay, well, which one's worse, this slow motion or the slow motion from Rambo Three in the beginning? Hmm. I know my answer. I'm gonna have to go with uh, probably this one. Good, <laughs> <laughs> because I like Rambo Three better. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but after this, we learn. Uh, I believe Clarice goes to Verger's home. Yeah. And we learned that Verger was Lecter's fourth victim and the only one to survive. Right. Well, because of my notes I, I had, I wanted to make sure I got this right before we proceeded. Uh, Krindler is oogling Starling? Two question marks? Yeah. Okay, because that's just my problem because um, Jodie Foster, I mean, she's cute. I don't think she's super pretty yeah. or anything. But it was a little overly played up i felt in silence of the lambs with the number of men like constantly looking at her and oogling her and even hannibal had some attraction to her in some way and then i feel like they're just trying to bring this over to 
Julianne Moore's character, and it's like, okay, we get it. She's apparently like the most gorgeous woman yeah, in the world, it, and like nobody's seen a woman before, and they're just like, I, <gasps> I guess not. And even Hannibal Lecter is still obsessed with her. We find that out yeah. a lot later too, but he's, oh my goodness. Well, this is going to sound contradictory to what I just said earlier because I said Julianne Moore felt like she was creating a new Clary Starling character. But then I said in this scene, she doesn't have the naturality that Foster had. And I feel like she's almost trying to play that character. I feel like there's this wishy-washiness with her where she goes between like forging a new character mm -hmm. and kind of trying to imitate what came to before with that like southern accent that kind of right attitude i i don't know if you saw that yeah no and i feel like some of that she does do pretty well like the accident and stuff but it just doesn't feel right just it's off i thought it was really funny when uh verger asked starling if she's a christian and if she's been saved yeah and he's like nobody beats the riz <laughs> yeah yeah and i put in my notes i'm like what yes i ha i actually wrote that line down it is the, the exact <laughs> line was i have immunity from the risen jesus and nobody beats the riz and under that what line i have freak. why <laughs> yeah what a oh, and we learned that he's a a pedophile i think something like that he he did he run a church camp with his they were rich or something and they I don't know I think that's why Hannibal knew he was a pedophile yeah. that's why Hannibal went after him Yeah I I honestly can't remember very much about that part Okay and this flashback is so freaky I don't know if I can I'm at this point I'm like okay I don't know if I can finish this movie this is just kind of little too much I'm Honestly this I didn't like this at all it did not bother me at all this flashback didn't it didn't bother you no it didn't what? bother me at all because there's no setup there's nothing here for me to really care about the situation and i have my notes in the last two movies when something like this happens it's freaky this movie doesn't give me much to care about and that's a big problem i have with my notes i have it more than one time i just don't care right and we we touched on the use of flashback in the previous film and how yeah. we kind of felt it was underutilized and in this film, yeah, it just jumps into this flashback. And this is what I'm trying to say. I feel like they're trying to give you something so grotesque that I guess that's what audiences want now. They want right. the blood and the right. violence and the darkness. They're going places that Silence of the Lambs and Manhunter only left up to your imagination because we didn't see the murders in Manhunter. We just saw the blood all over the walls and oh, the yeah. dead, which was far more disturbing, I think, than, than this flashback. Even though this flashback is... I just hate it when he's like acting very gay yeah. with Lecter and he puts on that freaky mask and he tries to dance yeah. with him and then he tries to hang himself and and then he yeah, starts cutting off I, his face. Do you but you understand like how that's that was like disturbing. Yeah, no, I, I see how it's disturbing. Like I said, it okay, just didn't good. bother me. The the scene just didn't bother me. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. Well, it did bother me. It just because it was just so grotesque and mm. just so it made me feel so icky and he starts feeding his face to the dog and i'm just like all right this movie is just making me feel gross in right. ways that silence of the right. lambs did not so that's why i'm just like i want to see a great story i don't want to sit here and watch right things and go yeah on. and that, that's that's those the strange for the last years that they give they they let you think about stuff and not here this movie doesn't really let you think about stuff yeah. it just shows you which isn't very good storytelling or a good movie. Yeah. And honestly, 
I put in my notes right after this. Why should I watch this two question marks? <laughs> oh. I said it's really not pulling me in. It feels like a complete departure and betrayal of the previous movie. Scott doesn't understand that uh, the previous director, Demi, drew the audience in by showing us intriguing characters, a plot that pulls us in, mm-hmm. and a thrilling, chilling mystery. I'm 30 minutes in, and I don't care about this movie at all. If I was in a theater, I would I would walk out right now it, to reclaim my money because at least here where you know I live, there's the 30-minute rule. If you leave the theater before 30 minutes or like after right. 30 minutes, you could still get your money back. So with this, I'm using the 30-minute rule because I'm trying to treat it like I am in a theater. This is the first time I'm seeing it. I I did pay to see to watch this movie. I paid money, only 25 cents, <laughs> but but still, but still, I'm like I would I would walk out right. and get my money back because there's I'm 30 minutes in. There's nothing that is that is just like setting it up for oh what's going to happen. You know I have to see what's going to happen. I need to sit here for. I'm 45 minutes. I, I I don't feel the need. I have other better things to do with my mm-hmm. life than watch this. So, and I don't care what's going to happen. And I don't care who the characters <laughs> are or will be. Scott has radically changed the tone and vision from dark mystery to shoot him up. Brooding slasher. He's shown me too much disturbing material that makes me uncomfortable. Okay, I have seen this movie in its entirety before. And I did not care for it the first time around. And I'm sorry, Mr. Scott, I love your work, but I'm not buying you on this one. Yep. Not recommend. And honestly, I'm just going to say it. B, this is my first time doing this. this is, I have not made it all the way through this film. <gasps> made it about halfway, and then I said, no, sir, I cannot take anymore. <laughs> because, okay, I usually it's hard for me to turn off a movie because I just I'm, I have a very big tolerance to long and boring movies like this one. I guess it's part of the reason why yeah. I stayed all the way through Manhunter is because I liked it. But this one is just, holy sure. cow. It doesn't know its material. And that's the biggest thing that's wrong with this movie. Is it doesn't know its material. And that just, I made it an hour and at 12 minutes in. And then I called it quits because it just was doing nothing for me. So honestly, after this point, things just get worse. That's all I'm going to say. But I I know. I'm, I'm so disappointed with this and i need i need to cleanse my palate i need to cleanse my palate and thankfully listeners we will be cleansing our palates next time with what i feel to be the perfect spiritual successor to science of the lambs and that is the 2013 prisoners yes i cannot wait for that film I, I cannot wait to review that. If if you're wanting, like I said, a spiritual successor to Silence of the Lambs, I really think Prisoners yeah. nails that. We're definitely going to get more into that next time. But this is a poor, poor excuse for a sequel. I'm sure it has its fans. More power to you. But I'm not, I'm not buying it. So at this point, I'm going to jump off the podcast. I gave it a not recommend. That being said... I am going to come back for Red Dragon. I'm excited for that one. I've heard good things. So hopefully it will pay off. Unlike this one. <laughs> yeah. I really, really hope Red Dragon, which is a redo per se of Manhunter. I'm really hoping yeah. Red Dragon pays off. So I will be back for that, friends. And I can already tell you now, we'll, we'll reiterate it in Red Dragon. But I will. we're not going to return for Hannibal Rising. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Hannibal Rising is next. No, thank you. Yeah, it's a real thing. You can do that, but I'll I don't think want about to. it. Because if it's anything like this one, I'm going to pass that one and just move right on to the next yeah. one. I don't need to know the origin story. Origin stories. When you give me an iconic character, don't give me an origin story because you're kind of most likely ruin it. I just don't need it. Yeah. So, listeners, sorry about this one. This one was yep. a wash. This one was garbage. Go back and listen to at least our previous one. Um, you can listen to the full thing of Do you want me to but... continue for the next 30 minutes of the film? Sir, that is up to you. I think I will, because it gets ridiculous. Okay, well, go ahead and give the listeners right. your thoughts, and then. but I'm giving it a not recommend. Thanks for joining me, Alan, and I will definitely see you next time for Prisoners. Definitely excited to review that one. Until next time. Oh, boy. So, okay, so continuing on with uh, Hannibal. Yeah, I just got bored of this film. Honestly, I'm just going to end it here. I've got nothing else to say. This film is just so boring. Oh, there was a there came a point in time when I was watching this film and I looked at my roommate and he looked at me and I said, this film is boring. And he's like, why don't you just shut it off? And I said, no, I have to keep going. It's about the 45 minute mark at this point. So uh, I paused to take a break because the film's killing me at this, uh, you know, at this moment. And I get something to, to drink and I come back and I hit play and I realize the film's not going to get any better. So next thing I know, I'm laying upside down on my couch, watching the film, trying to understand everything that's happening, you know, because this film is kind of convoluted and thinks it knows, it thinks it's being like the last two films are, but it's really not. <laughs> so the film is trying so hard to be dark and brooding and really, and really crazy and stuff. And it just is not working at all for this movie. It just doesn't work at all. So... I got about an, I think I got to an hour and 12 minutes or so. That was when I called it quits. I was like, I cannot take it anymore. This film is boring. It's, uh, as Corbin said, it's a complete betrayal of the source material. I, I mean, I guess that's what we've both been saying, but it's, it doesn't know its source material. It doesn't know how to build suspense like the last two did. There's a reason why those last two, at least Sons of the Lambs, work so well and is loved by so many because it knows what the film is. It knows what it's trying to do and it does it very, very well. Corbin may disagree with me on Manhunter, but I still like Manhunter a lot. It knows what it's trying to be, and it, for the most part, it pulls itself off pretty well, I thought. This film, it, wow, it's so different from the last two. So different. There's a complete change in tone, and whenever they try to go back to that tone that was in the last two, it just doesn't work. It does, nothing works in this film. Julianne Moore, she kind of works in this film. Kind of. Hannibal Lecter... I mean, he the acting's fine, but the screenplay form is just bad. Oh my gosh. And the investigator guy who is in this film for whatever reason, I don't know. I only made it an hour, 12 minutes in. Maybe there's something that he did that, you know, we plays later in the film. Uh, because there's no reason for him to be here. The, this film is not good. I'm giving it a solid. Just don't even worry about this film, okay? There's no reason... For this film to exist, except for money, it's trying to be that successor to a very, very successful film, Sons of the Lambs, which it fails so bad at. I'm sorry. I Ridley Scott, I love you, man. You make great movies, but this is just... What happened? 
especially after the rain you had with basically every movie before this, or really every movie after this. It's it's crazy because the guy is so good at making films. He made Alien and Aliens, you know, Gladiator, which I guess maybe came out. No, it came out earlier. It's crazy. So I'm sorry, Ridley Scott. I like your work. I really do, but this just this doesn't work. It it doesn't know what it is trying to. It doesn't know what it is. This movie does not have an identity. And like I said before, the film thinks it knows its audience, but it really, when it comes down to it, the film doesn't know its audience at all. And that's a probably the biggest problem I can give with this movie. And the biggest thing I can say to this movie is that it's just not good. The film is the film doesn't know what it's doing. And that's a big problem because the last two, especially Sansa the Lambs, pulls everything off so perfectly. And this one's just it's completely wrong. It's completely different from everything else that I've seen. I am excited next week for Prisoners. And after that, I think we're both going to be skipping Hannibal Rising. I might check it out. I'll have to see. Don't, don't count on it. So anyways, yeah, this is a not recommend. Don't worry about it. Honestly... You, you don't really need this film to be around. There's no reason for it to be here. Um, so that's it. That's the podcast. I oh, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> so join us next time for Prisoners. Really excited for that one. Well, until next time.